0: Is one thing stronger than all the armies of the world, and that is an idea whose time has come. Victor Hugo was right. When your idea is ready, no one is going to stop it from blooming. Hello, this is Bob Proctor, and in this edition of the Freedom Series, I've decided to focus on the questions I hear most often in every seminar, and certainly in the first few weeks of a new year. How to set goals. Think about goals, act on goals, and successfully achieve one after another after another. Let's face it, when we're just a few weeks into a new year, it's not difficult to find many people who are already discouraged with respect to their goals. When we're approaching New Year's Day, most people reflect on the year just passed and decide to make some changes. These changes might be just tweaks or adjustments. But let's face it, if you look back over the last 12 months... You know many people who have enjoyed spectacular success. I certainly hope you did. But we must all recognize there's always room for improvement. But we may not seem to have spectacular success every year. There are some years we'd just as soon forget about. You may have struggled in some way last year, and you're tired of living with this thing, this circumstance it seems to grow every time you turn your back on it. Of late, you might be comparing this issue to a forgotten bit of something in the back of your refrigerator. It might have seemed like a normal sort of thing way back when, but now it's got some legs on it. It's taken on a life of its own, and you want it out of yours. Or you might have noticed a lack in your life in time freedom, your relationships, your earnings, or other factors that would enhance your enjoyment of life. And you've decided it's time to squelch the lock from your life completely. But as the weeks roll on and yet another year gets underway with all its busy demands, you're sensing some frustration or discouragement. You wonder how you're ever going to be able to break out, seize that goal of yours, and make it yours. I know you're ready for that goal to happen in your life. And it's ready for you too. As Victor Hugo said in the quote I just mentioned, there's not much you can do to stop an idea whose time has come. The very same holds true for your goals. There's absolutely no way you can dream a new way of life for yourself without being personally capable of bringing that dream into a reality. I've never doubted this truth, and I don't doubt it for you. Your goal isn't too big for you. Your goal isn't wrong for you. I think, instead... You might be cobwebbed in one way or more of the 13 reasons why goals fail. That's exactly what I'm here to talk about. You can have the things you want, all of them. And you will have them when you understand and apply the rules of goal setting and achieving. Now, there are 13 points I'll be covering, but they fall into four main goal achieving processes. I'm willing to bet that as I list these processes, something deep inside you will recognize what exactly is causing the greatest rift between where you are and where you want to be. The first process, why and how you're making this goal commitment. Second, the act of setting and prioritizing your goals. Third, how to shake old paradigms loose that keep batting your goal down. And finally, the fourth process, implementation and execution. All right, let's dig right into this first process. Why and how you're making this goal commitment. Now, one note, as I list these 13 points, understand I've put them in a timeline order of usual goal-setting processes. I believe the number one reason why people don't achieve their goals is much further down this list. So let's follow the process all the way through number one you begin to ask yourself why in the world you're even bothering to set these goals it's a question you ask yourself more frequently as you begin to struggle with your goal stop asking why you're supposed to set goals dissatisfaction with your life is a healthy creative state of mind we're designed to be discontent Constructive discontent is the very heart of motivation. In fact, one of the most dynamic laws of life is the law of creation and disintegration. Every expression of life is moving in one direction or another. Absolutely nothing will remain as it is. You are either improving the quality of your life or you are taking away from it. The choice is yours. It is a decision only you can make. To make no decision is to make a decision. To live a creative life, goals are essential. When you become sufficiently dissatisfied with your life as it is, you will begin to think of ways to improve it. You will decide on a goal. As I tell people in my seminars, dissatisfaction has given us cars, trains, and planes. It has taken us out of the cave and put us in the condominium you would still be illuminating your home with a wax candle if Thomas Edison had not experienced a healthy dissatisfaction with the candle. Begin to think of how you are living and what you are doing relative to what you are capable of with the potential you possess. Keep thinking this way, and you can be sure that dissatisfaction will set in if it hasn't come to a roost already. As Abraham Maslow once pointed out, If you plan on being anything less than you are capable of being, you will probably be unhappy all the days of your life. I read a great line once that said, in the absence of clearly defined goals, we become strangely loyal to performing daily acts of trivia. Goal achievers aren't embroiled in daily acts of trivia. They're interesting people. They are productive people. A goal achiever frequently accomplishes more with his or her life in one year than most people do in a lifetime. That's certainly how I want to live. It makes every experience so much more refreshing. You, too, are a perfect expression of an infinite power, just as you are right now. For you, all things are possible. Once you become aware of this fact, interesting things begin to happen. Every aspect of your life is a mere reflection of your own level of awareness. Your improved results are always the expression of a higher degree of conscious awareness. A proper goal, then, will provide you with the necessary incentive to grow in awareness. Here's the second reason of why goals fail. This, too, is part of the first process. Why and how you're making this goal commitment. Number two, your personal values don't support the goal. When you set goals without considering your values framework, you'll either struggle endlessly to attain the goal or you will actually end up with a goal that satisfies your want but somehow has you feeling not quite right about it. Value versus goal conflict is one of the most common reasons why people do not take action on their goals. As an example, you might set a goal to have more money and an opportunity presents itself to steal a respectable sum, where you know you would probably never get caught. Unless you're completely without conscience, and I don't believe anyone truly is, you might find it a highly detrimental path to embark on in order to reach that goal. On what I hope is a more everyday example, consider what you would and wouldn't do to take over the presidency of the company you're currently working for. How you see yourself moving into a position that is currently occupied has a great deal to do with your value set. Whether or not you want the position, you might not want to travel three days a week or personally report to a demanding board of directors is also directly tied to your personal values. Remember, when you aim to truly improve every aspect of your life, your goals cannot violate the rights of others. At the same time, Your goals cannot violate your own value set. Closely related to this issue is reason number three of why goals fail. The goal is not your own. It's someone else's. Someone else might have a very clear picture about what he or she want you to do, where they want you to be, or how they want you to live. But that's not your picture. If it's not your picture, it shouldn't be your goal. This issue can become very muddled for some people because for the most part, we want to live in harmony with others. We want them to be happy, and we often try to please them. This certainly isn't a bad quality to possess. It only becomes bad when we allow someone else's dreams to infringe on our own, on what we want for ourselves. We're all put on this planet with an absolute DNA design to have different dreams and goals for our own lives. We're all put on this planet to explore our unique purpose and, through that exploration and discovery, interact with others to achieve the greatest good. Your goals and dreams are just as important, just as vital to your purpose, as someone else's goals and dreams are for them. If it's not your goal, you're not going to be passionate about it. You've got to be passionate about your goal. In fact, that's reason number four on this list. If you're not engaged in achieving something you're absolutely passionate about, forget it. Dump the goal now. It's simply going to take too much effort, and you're more than likely to quit somewhere in the middle. How many times did Thomas Edison fail while trying to invent what we now consider a simple light bulb? More than 2,000 times. 2,000 times. Now think about this. If you're one to watch television every night of the year, you'd be clicking the on button of your remote every single night for five and a half years before you've clicked it 2,000 times. After Edison succeeded, a young reporter asked him how it felt to fail so many times. He responded, I never failed once. I invented the light bulb. It just happened to be a 2,000 step process. Now, this whole business about fear of failure. We're getting to that, believe me. I'm telling you the Edison story here, not because of failure issues, but because of his absolute passion. He had a gift, and he knew it. He knew this gift had great potential. And when he applied passion to the personal potential, he made history. Friedrich Buckner defined passion as where your heart's deepest gladness meets the world's greatest need. Every great act and every great movement forward is just that. Passion meeting potential. Only you can say whether your current goals possess you with a true burning desire. Now, we're moving into the next process. The act of setting and prioritizing your goals. The fifth reason for why goals fail is this. Your goal isn't worthwhile enough to take the risk. I'm talking about taking a step beyond passion into pure oxygenated risk. Most of the world's population wants to play it safe. Most people never tackle more than they're sure they can handle without effort or risk. True goal achievers, however, are potential pathfinders eagerly in search of a trail to blaze. When you're deciding on your goal, it is absolutely necessary that you remove the lid from your marvelous imagination and let those dreams fly. In my seminars, I encourage people to make a list of 30 things they want for their lives. My friend and co-creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul, Mark Victor Hansen, tells people to make a list of 101 goals they want to achieve. Whether it's 30 goals or 101, there's no reason why you can't have Everything you desire. Your goal should be something you want, not something you need. There's no inspiration in need. There is only inspiration in wants. As Zig Ziglar points out, a goal that is casually set and lightly taken is freely abandoned at the first obstacle. Your goal doesn't even have to be logical. In fact, you'll be much more inspired if it's very (laughs) illogical. You do not have to know how you're going to get it. Don't let that stop you in the initial process. If you are already consciously aware of how to get whatever it is you want, the objective that you have chosen is not a worthwhile goal. You might achieve the goal, but you won't achieve any growth or increased awareness as a result of this achievement. The only improvement in the quality of your life has to be provided by the very thing you're going after. When you are choosing your goal, you must be able to see yourself on the screen of your mind already in possession of the goal, and you must seriously want it. Many times, people will make a list of dreams and wants, then stuff the list away in some desk drawer or nightstand, never to look at it again. That's not where your dreams belong. You made the list. Now, start going after what's on that list. You don't have to do this in a haphazard fashion. Going after 101 goals, as Mark Victor Hansen recommends, and doing so all at once will either completely drain every one of your resources or flat out kill you in a matter of days. While this seems ridiculous, picturing someone going after 101 goals all at once, I can't tell you how many people I've met who can't tell me their number one goal, let alone explain what they're doing to pull it from the ether into a reality. They're setting no priority order for what they will accomplish first. As a result, they're lucky to accomplish anything. And this, my friend, is exactly what resides as the number six reason on your list. You don't know which goal to focus on first. You must set priorities for your goals. As Robert McCain said, a major part of successful living lies in the ability to put first things first. Indeed, The reason most major goals are not achieved is that we spend our time doing second things first. I encourage you to make a list of 30 goals, then simply rank them in groups of 10 according to A, B, or C priority. Then take the A list and further prioritize the 10 goals in order of importance, with number 1 being the most important. As you're doing this, you might consider a few tips from another peer of mine, Marshall Thurber, who spent several years mentoring under Edwards Deming, the man largely responsible for helping the Japanese recreate their entire economic structure after World War II. Marshall often recommends a clarity exercise wherein you study those 10A goals to determine what needs to be accomplished in order for that goal to happen which then enables that goal to happen, which trips that goal into action. So in a way, you're mapping out the progression of your goals, much like a domino setup. You may have the A number one priority to buy a house this year, but several priorities must fall in sync first in order to achieve that goal. When you have completed each list, A through C, you will have your A1 goal selected. This will be the most important goal. It's the one you focus your conscious attention upon. This brings me to number seven on our list of why goals fail. You're trying to achieve too many goals at once. I've had many people ask me how many goals they can work on at once. I say no more than two and preferably just one. Your conscious mind can only focus on one idea at a time. When you attempt to bring a second picture onto your conscious mental screen, you have confusion. When you're dreaming big and risking big, bringing that single goal into existence takes persistent effort, committed belief, and consistent right-minded thinking. I know you're impatient to get on with all those changes in your life, But rash behavior will only propagate frustration. The author, Brian Adams, caught my attention with this very same thought when he wrote, Learn the art of patience. Apply discipline to your thoughts when they become anxious over the outcome of a goal. Impatience breeds anxiety, fear, discouragement, and failure. Patience creates confidence, decisiveness, and rational outlook, which eventually leads to success. I couldn't have said it better myself. Focus on one goal, then get complete clarity on that goal. If you say you want to make more money, then you'd better be happy making just $1 more because that's really all you may receive when you just say more. How much more? You must be specific. With that, We've arrived at number eight on our list. You're not painting a crystal-clear, brilliant picture of this goal's result in your mind. To bring order and understanding to your mind, to get your conscious mind, your subconscious mind, and your body all working together to produce this result that you crave, you must first have an image to work with. Remember, the picture that you hold in your mind will eventually be expressed in physical form or circumstance. If it's negative... So goes your result. If it has fuzzy edges, you'll only create fuzzy results. You want a picture in your mind that is absolutely sharply focused on the result of this goal. Build the picture and then make a written description of the goal. The degree of success absolutely skyrockets with those who have their goal in writing and continue to write it every day thereafter. As you build this picture and write it daily, describe yourself already in possession of the goal. That's right. You're writing this in present tense. The mind only deals with the present, the now. Build your image as if you are already in possession of the good that you desire. The moment you consciously entertain yourself in possession of your goal, you actually have your goal on a conscious level. You must, therefore, begin thinking and talking like the person who has the goal. Breathe life into this goal. Get emotionally involved with it and how you feel, how you live, how you experience life differently now that this goal is achieved. Dennis Waitley says that the reason most people never reach their goals is that they don't define them. Winners can tell you where they are going what they're doing along the way, and who is sharing the adventure with them. Your vision or image must be as real in your mind as the chair you are sitting on. Consciously reaffirming your goal by rewriting your image as often as possible every day will strengthen the image in your mind. As you work and rework your written description, you are developing cells of recognition in your brain. Now, every time you think of your goal you cause those brain cells to increase in amplitude of vibration. When this happens, the image you have impregnated into the cells will flash on the screen of your mind. From that conscious level, the image is turned over to your subconscious mind, which will do all of the work. The subconscious mind is often referred to as universal intelligence. This is the spiritual side of your personality. When the image of your goal is properly planted in your subconscious mind, the image is not only automatically expressed through your body and vibrations or actions, but that image affects everything in the universe that is in harmonious vibration with it. Your firmly planted image sets in motion a magnetic force to attract into your life all that is in harmony with it. Spirit always gives you, in physical form, an exact replica of the image you give to it. This is the reciprocal law by which the spirit operates. If there is confusion in your life, now you know where the cause of that confusion rests. All right. It's time to tackle the third of the four processes involved in goal achievement. But first, I would like to review what we've already covered. Why and how you're making the goal commitment. And the act of setting and prioritizing your goals. Now it's time to shake old paradigms loose that keep batting your goal down. There are a few primary points I want to focus on here. First... I want to return briefly to my previous mention of risk. Mark Walker is a fellow author who spends a great deal of time thinking and teaching goal achievement. When considering the primary reasons why goals fail, he suggested reason number nine. People are fully engaged in supporting, even defending, their limiting beliefs. As he says, we all live very neatly within our own construct of what our capabilities are. Until we're ready to move out of that construct, we're going to continue to place limitations on ourselves. What would you be willing to attempt if you couldn't fail? The truth is you won't fail when moving toward a goal. You have an opportunity to learn to really grow. But the vast majority of us will live out our lives within our own self-imposed beliefs, the greatest of which says that we just might fail. It takes real effort to remove these limiting beliefs. The higher awareness you are seeking requires that you completely replace old conditioning. That multitude of fixed ideas and habits in your life that are both genetically and environmentally tattooed into your being. It's these thoughts and life patterns that are causing the unwanted results you are presently getting. These ideas are holding you back. They're stifling Your growth. But even tattoos can be removed. You have two options. You either choose your thoughts or accept them from an outside source. It doesn't matter what choice you make, these thoughts will carry out one singular action. They develop into images or ideas in your conscious mind, which in turn impresses images upon your subconscious mind, causing feelings or vibrations. The feelings or vibration cause action. And the actions cause the results you are getting in your life do not allow old conditioning to prevent you from becoming everything you're capable of becoming this better life its your birthright everything in the universe is programmed to help you live the life you deserve you simply must choose your thoughts carefully in a goal-oriented sense and remain consciously aware of your actions now I've already given you one of two key ingredients in overcoming this old conditioning, those crusty paradigms in your head. And that is to clearly define your goal, build a crystal clear image in your mind, and write this image as often as you possibly can, at least on a daily basis. This ongoing positive imaging filters repeatedly on the subconscious mind until, simply put, The new image is all your subconscious mind can see. And once your subconscious mind buys in, luck out. Strange and unusual events will begin to occur in your life. I guarantee it. See, your subconscious mind is now in harmony with your conscious thought and daily actions. When these elements begin to work together, your goal has officially merged onto the high-speed autobahn of your life. So, What's the second vital element to this new way of thinking? I'll make that number 10 in our discussion here, bad attitude. Remember, you're the one responsible for shaping your life, and the shape of your life is determined to a great extent by your attitude. This is an area that you can control, and in learning how to control and direct it, you will have greater power over what is going to happen. People with the best attitudes naturally rise to the top, Studies made of the lives of thousands of successful people have shown that they radiate confidence and assurance. They expect success, and they get success. They are aware of their infinite potential and how to develop and utilize it. They are true and constant goal achievers. James Allen once noted, People are anxious to improve their circumstance, but unwilling to improve themselves. They therefore remain bound. Your attitude is a composite of your thoughts, feelings, and actions. The only way you can improve the results you are getting in your life is to take full responsibility for your attitude. Only then will you be able to improve your results. Sometimes I can't help but think of Alan's quote when I hear people who say that their goals are being thwarted by an outside party. Their goal achieving has become someone else's responsibility and thus, their failure to reach their goals is because that person has become the problem, the barricade that stands in the way of their dream life. Nothing could be further from the truth. No one is responsible for keeping you away from that prize goal but you. It's time to stop with any excuses and move on your goal. Here, at last, we arrive at what I believe to be the biggest reason for not reaching one's goals. It's number 11, failure to implement. Goal setting requires serious thought, and then it requires serious action. Now, people fall into two categories. They might come up with their priority goal, and then they stop right there. They have a goal without a plan. That's a dream or a wish, not a goal. It's as if you're handing a road atlas to a spouse or a friend and asking them to tell you how to get there. They might look at you oddly and ask, well, where is there? Oh, I want to go to St. Louis, you say. The next question would be, well, where are you starting from? You see, you're not going to get anywhere on your goal path if you don't have a starting place, an ending place, and several plot points of progress in between. I cover this act of plotting and planning in a much greater detail in another Freedom Series message entitled Purpose, Vision, and Goals. You can order this CD in my Back Issues section of my website, www.thefreedomseries.com. The second group of people creates the goal and plots the plan and still just sits there. They don't implement the plan. They refuse to. After working with people and their mind for the last 40 years, my experience says that most people are reluctant to implement because they don't know what the outcome is going to be. As author Mark Walker has rightfully noted, you really don't know what the outcome is going to be tomorrow morning. So where are you worse off for not implementing rather than implementing? I recently had a conversation with a woman who having raised her children and sent them on their way, was considering a return to law school. At one point, she argued, well, it's at least five whole years, maybe even six years, before I'll eventually qualify to be a lawyer in the field. I responded, yes, it's five or six years, that's true, but five or six years are going to pass in your life anyway, aren't they? Do you really want a handful of years to go by without moving any closer to your goal? Other people argue that they haven't created enough details in their plan. They want everything to be J-U-S-T right before they set foot in any one direction. Now, there's definitely wisdom in working on a plan before moving forward, but working and reworking your strategy doesn't get you on the playing field. At some point, you have to adjust your chin strap, pull up your socks, and run out on the field. In his classic little book, You Square, Price Pritchett suggested you should make your move before you're ready. And I quote, First you act, and then you frame out the details of your strategy. Move on your dream, start, and let what happens help you develop a coherent game plan. Mobility is the critical element. Strategy formulation then evolves naturally out of your discovery process. You'll discover, once underway, that you know more than you know you know. Just trust your instincts. A poorly devised strategy with good execution is far better than a terrific strategy with no execution. As soon as you begin the implementation and execution towards your goal, you'll find direction coming your way to support you and guide you. Will you always take the right turn? Probably not. Will the road be smoothly paved and clearly lined? (laughs) Probably not. Stop worrying about the pavement striping. Get the car out on the road. When Henry Ford introduced his first car to the public in 1903... There weren't paved roads with yellow and white striping in all right places. His first car rambled out onto dirt and gravel roads, and then the paved streets followed. Had he waited for the paving to occur, he never would have introduced the car. No one can act on your goal's forward movement until you get it moving. Will you experience failure? Probably more than a few times. When Henry Ford set out to create an automobile, he actually started in 1893 with an engine, but didn't have a car built around the engine until three years later. Can you imagine what happened to the various car bodies he tried around the engine in those three years? I bet he had some interesting stories to tell. It wasn't until 1899 that the mayor of Detroit and other wealthy Detroiters backed Ford to form the Detroit Automobile Company. The company produced a few prototypes, but never went in production and dissolved in 1901. Did that stop Henry Ford? Well, obviously not. Two years later, he was offering his first car for sale. At its 100th year mark, Ford Motor Company has sold billions of cars around the world. Ever since the Model T introduction, at least 20 million cars have been sold under every single model name introduced by Ford. That's a lot of cars. That's passion, vision, and implementation at its finest. It reminds me of a quote Winston Churchill once said, Success is the ability to go from one failure to another, with no loss of enthusiasm. Isn't that great? Goal achievers have twinges of doubt, sometimes even downright fear. There's no doubt about it. But they understand what fear can do to a goal. And, with commitment and determination, they tell themselves next, and consciously slide the vision of their goal accomplished back where it belongs, front and center, on the screen of their marvelous mind. But Dwin said, no matter how hard you work for success... If your thought is saturated with the fear of failure, it will kill your efforts, neutralize your endeavors, and make success impossible. Fear is the thief of dreams, and failure is merely a learning curve. As Mary Pickford said, you have a fresh start any moment you choose, for this thing we call failure is not the falling down, but the staying down. The other day I was cruising the internet and I came across a short blip of advice that I found enlightening titled, Why Contemplating Your Navel Can Make You More Successful. The author wrote, most very successful people, if not all, are able to maintain a keen focus regardless of external circumstances and internal emotions. In their own way, they meditate by learning how to focus on the present moment When you contemplate your navel, pet your cat, focus on your breath, you're engaging with the stillness that isn't subject to the ups and downs of everyday life. This will make you more successful because you won't be inclined to hesitate to move forward or stop when things get rough. Within the stillness is the breath of success. To that author's commentary, I'd like to add that it is the present stillness in the vision of your goal accomplished. This is your present moment. Remember, because you've envisioned yourself already in possession of that goal. Resolve to see it through. Cut away from all other options and rationalizations. You won't regret it. Samuel Smiles said, There is an old and true saying, Where there is a will, there is a way. He who resolves upon doing a thing by that very resolution scales the barriers to do it. To decide upon attainment is frequently attainment itself. Ready for number 12 on our reasons why goals fail list? It's that most people quit too soon. Even Thomas Edison noted many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Many people who come to me for advice and coaching on their goals are frustrated because they just don't seem to be getting there fast enough. As a peer of mine astutely pointed out, sometimes people think the goal-achieving process is going to be like a TV show, 22 minutes of work and lots of time for commercials to solve a complex problem. I think that's a great analysis. The problem or paradigm or habit you're overcoming might have been embedded in your psyche for 20 or 30 years of your life. Well, every step I've given you here today will help accelerate your movement away from that old construct and toward that goal achievement. You must have patience with the process. Remember, this isn't just about Achieving a goal, it's about reprogramming that part of your conscious and subconscious mind that secretly believes it can't be done. At the same time, you'll experience plateaus. This is perfectly natural. You might experience a negative swing or simply a a slower period when your past seems ladled in molasses. This is a natural rhythm process of life. It's simply part of the learning process. Commit to persist. This process is going to take some time. A seed planted in the ground requires a great deal of time and attention before its first sprouts poke above the earth. Your goal is just that. It's a seed. The law of gender decrees that all seeds have a gestation or incubation period before they manifest in form. The moment you consciously entertain the image of yourself in possession of your goal, you have it on the first level of creation, intellectual form you have created a non-physical seed. You then plant this seed in the proper environment, your subconscious mind, and allow yourself to get emotionally involved with the image of your goal. You now have your goal on the second level of creation, spiritual form. The moment you get emotionally involved with your goal, the image instantly and automatically begins to move into the third level of creation, physical form it is vitally important that you not only understand but also believe in this creative process we plant the seed in the proper environment the fertile soil of our mind we fertilize the seed and give it the energy required for healthy growth we keep the seed free of life sapping weeds then we patiently wait with perfect faith and positive expectation that the tiny microscopic seed will grow into perfect physical form. Nowadays, farmers are able to tell us the gestation period for most physical seeds, but they weren't able to do so when they first tried planting a particular seed. This is what you must keep in mind when you begin to wonder how long it will take for your goal to fully germinate. You haven't planted this seed before. Give yourself a break if your estimated germination is a little off. Not an excuse, mind you. It's important to set a timeline for the achievement of your goal, but do allow yourself some incremental adjustment allowances. This leads me to our last reason on the list of 13 reasons why goals fail, and that's measure your progress and make adjustments accordingly. You must regularly measure your actual progress against your plan. If you fail to measure, you'll never know how you're progressing. Say, for instance, that you're committed to putting a certain amount of money into an investment for an increased profit over a set amount of time. Did you write the check to purchase the investment? How is the investment doing? Is it maintaining the compounding interest you first investigated? Are there other investments that are proving more solid and growth-oriented? What gets measured gets improved. You might have to adjust your plan. You might have to adjust your timeline. You might even have to adjust the goal itself. Anything can be adjusted for improvement, but only as a result of measuring your actual progress. A phenomenal example of this is the real-life catastrophe that occurred around the Apollo 13 mission first written about by astronaut Jim Lovell in his book, Lost Moon, and then made into a riveting movie by director Ron Howard. The Apollo 13 mission is a classic example of goal-setting, measuring, adjusting, and achieving. On April 11, 1970, the Apollo 13 mission was launched with every intention of planting three astronauts on the moon, doing a bit of walkabout, and returning the astronauts safely to Earth. On the way there, the ship experienced catastrophic failure. What happened then? The goal had to be adjusted. The moonwalk was out. The deadline had shifted. And the only goal now was returning the astronauts safely to Earth. In the process, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Faced with one challenge after another, NASA had to perform measurement after incremental measurement to adjust quickly around each critical issue. Each roadblock had to be worked through one at a time, and each one required a new adjustment, also done one at a time. Had they not been measuring every step of the way, they never would have known what to adjust. The astronauts would have been lost. But NASA's engineers were willing to adjust every step of the goal to hit their end objective. Each and every member of NASA control crew was a goal achiever. Yes, They were faced with nearly impossible odds, but they weren't going to let the odds beat down their goal. Goal achievers are a fascinating bunch of people to watch. Even after all these years of working with and observing true goal achievers, I'm amazed and impressed with what they accomplish in their lives and subsequently in the lives of others. Goal achievers might stop to wipe their brow or catch their breath, but they get back in there and make it happen. Their productivity is automatic. Their only direction is forward. The goal achiever does a tremendous amount of work in a minimal period of time. You'll find that a goal achiever has a long list of projects that he or she completes daily. These goal achievers are making incremental progress every day of their lives. They're not just busy for the sake of being busy. They're effectively busy for the sake of creating a richer, more fulfilling life for themselves and the circle of life around them. When I work with goal-oriented people, I suggest they make a list of six things each day that will get them closer to their goal. Only six actions daily create exponential movement forward, I can assure you. As a goal achiever implements this six-step process, he or she begins to develop an awareness, an edge, as it were that enables them to automatically detect those projects in their daily lives that are goal-oriented and, thus, call for immediate attention. They don't question, ask for assistance, or stall. They simply and quickly analyze, then run onto the field and, play after play, tackle each one of them until the final whistle is blown. So there you have it, the 13 Reasons Why Goals Fail. Now let's quickly reverse the wording. So they become 13 rules to follow that lead to an abundant life. Number one, keep setting goals. Dissatisfaction with your life is a healthy, creative state of mind. Number two, make sure your personal values support your goal. Number three, make sure the goal is your own, not someone else's. Number four, go after goals that you're truly passionate about. Number five, Goals that require risk on your part create magical endings. Number six, prioritize your goals until you fix on your A number one goal. Number seven, focus on achieving just one goal at a time. Number eight, paint a crystal clear, brilliant picture of the goals result in your mind. Number nine, consciously choose the thoughts that support your goal. Number 10, control your attitude. Make it a good one every single day. Number 11, plot your initial plan and implement. Number 12, keep going no matter what. And number 13, take measurements of your progress and adjust accordingly. And here's my last piece of advice. Trust yourself. You are a wonderfully created being. Power is forever flowing to and through you. You must understand that you have in substance everything that is necessary to produce any result in your life. As Foster McClellan so beautifully stated, make the most of yourself by fanning the tiny inner sparks of possibility into flames of achievement. It's time that you believe. Create the kind of self that you will be happy to live with all of your life. I'll be seeing you when your final game whistle blows. This is Bob Proctor, and thank you.